0: Welcome to Norm, a Cheers podcast. We are co-hosting a weekly discussion of the television show Cheers, which aired on NBC from 1982 to 1993. We are your hosts, Marlene Stemmy and Andy Blaker. How's it going today, Andy?
1: Good morning, Marlene. It's going well. How about you?
0: I'm getting there. It's going pretty well. Thank you. Looking forward to discussing these episodes. We are now on episode three of season two of Cheers. It is called Personal Business. It was written by Tom Reeder directed by James Burroughs, and it aired on October 20th, 1983. The summary of the episode in general is that Diane is concerned that her schedule and work at Cheers is causing problems with her relationship with Sam. She's had some scheduling conflicts with Carla and asked Sam to mediate. And that was a bit of an issue. So Diane decides that it would be better for herself and for her relationship with Sam, if she finds other work and from that, She is concerned that her potential new employer is interested in her only sexually, which also causes her to think about what she is doing at Cheers and why she's there and if it's just because of Sam. So that's sort of what she's going to be dealing with in this episode. But we start with a teaser that is unrelated to the main story. I titled it The Blubber Butts.
1: I did as well. (laughs) That's the takeaway from this teaser.
0: (laughs) Yes. Coach is getting a call from Melville, so the table's ready for the Anderson party. And two couples stand up, and they look, you know, sort of different. One couple is larger than the other couple. And one of the men asks, what's the first name? Because they they only had space for one couple, two couples named Anderson. And, of course, Coach says, Ernie, but they call me Coach. (laughs) (laughs) And then they ask him to call back to clarify. So he's very, you know, contrite at this point. He's like, oh, I see, you know. He says, I'm sorry, folks, I was wrong. It's not for the Andersons, it's for the blubber butts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I liked that teaser. That was a one.
0: Yeah, at word. this point too, he's not only just says the blubber butts, and you see the looks on their faces, but he's mm-hmm. screaming across the bar, stay <laughs> ready for the blubber butts. <laughs> A legitimate
1: last name, you would think. You yeah, know?
0: well, right. Well, he is thinking nothing of it. He wasn't right. thinking of it as being an insult or having anything to do with the people in front of him. Right. And so the larger of the two couples heads upstairs. And I thought that the they're interesting looking, too, because the, the man just had this offended look on his face. But... It, He was just an interesting looking person as well. His expression was sort of, you know, almost, I don't know, like he was in a horror movie or something, I guess.
1: Very, like, kind of cartoonish.
0: Yes, yes. And then the woman at first looked kind of mildly amused while this was going on. And then she's, you know, I guess probably a little put out by the description of the blubber butts. (laughs) I think it's hysterical. I can't even say that I think that it wouldn't be funny
1: now if they had done it you know i just think it's funny right it is funny of course now it'd be fat shaming but you know it's also it's just funny right i mean it's right it's one in coach's thing that's what makes it the best is he's just unassuming with it you know he thinks he got Mm -hmm. the name wrong so yeah good start good start
0: i thought it was a good start too i did wonder why cheers is sort of the concierge for melville's but i I guess coach is just kind of helping out you know as he would do
1: right Seems like he, he he recurs to the maitre d' or whoever as Vic or whatever. So clearly, you know they've been around there for a while. So they, they have some more. sort of yeah. some sort of understanding, probably.
0: Right, that's what I would think too. But yeah, I just thought it was flat out funny. So. In the beginning of the episode, is pretty funny too in a different way. Diane's telling customers basically going through you know a roll call of famous writers that drank themselves to death. And <laughs> you know, she's standing at that table in the back up in the upper area and when she's going through like. It's like Dylan Thomas and Delmore Schwartz and F. Scott Fitzgerald. And I think Faulkner. She mentions
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and just talking about them, like having these severe drinking problems. And then she ends with, "So can I get you another round?" <laughs> you know? Right. I think it's funny Diane telling these things to her customers for one thing. You know, getting away with it. And then Carla, you know, she's complaining about Dan- Diane talking too much. And basically, she it looks like she's having to do some work for Diane, which we know by this point that she hates. And another one of Diane's tables that asked Carla to get their waitress. So she's, you know, we t- cut back to Diane, who's talking about the role of alcoholism and genius with that same couple, the yeah. table. <laughs> so Carla goes over and grabs Diane by the face and brings her back to her table for them to finish up. And then at some point, Sam tells Carla to keep her hands off Diane. And she says, I will if you will, you know, so. <laughs> Already we're setting the stage for Carla not being thrilled that this relationship is interfering with work.
1: I do have a question. I want to talk about this. When when, we, when she yeah. grabbed her by the face, I was mm-hmm. looking at that. It looked very painful, but I, I don't <laughs> know quite how, and I know I'm reading too much into it, but how she grabbed her, you know, like she didn't have like claws, you know, to sink into. But it's like, it's almost like the, yeah. her, the, her fingers just suction cup to the face without grabbing onto anything. It was very odd. And obviously yeah. it's a gimmick, but you know. I just, I found that a very interesting thing that she would do that, but it's neither here nor there, but I'm like, how did you, how did you take hold of that face and drag her like that?
0: (laughs) I don't know if you could, I guess it depends on the size of your hand and the size of the person's head, but (laughs) I don't think she'd be able to actually move Diane that way. You know, it just, I think it looks funny and I'm sure Shelly Long just went along with it, but it does look like she's being pulled across the floor Mm -hmm. by Carla. By her face, yeah, you know, it really does. And I wasn't expecting that when she walked up there to get her. I wasn't expecting her to scrap her entire face. <laughs> yeah. So Diane asked Carla, or not asked her. She's, you know, tells her not to do that again. And then, like right off the back of that, asked her for a favor. She wants to switch schedules. And she says that Oriana Palacci is giving a speech at Harvard. And so she kind of goes on about how this is important to her and so forth. And there was this back and forth on, you know, Carla refusing to do that. She's tired of having to do these favors by, for Diane, I guess, and mm-hmm. having to switch schedules and so forth. I think part of it, because Diane suggests that Sam decide, and I think part of it is that, that it's favoritism. Sam is, you know, apparently showing to Diane, or just that Carla probably, you know, was used to being the only one, and then now she has to deal with Diane sort of being the favored waitress. Mm-hmm. And there's, a, I thought, a good bit of another good bit of physical humor when she, she says something like ever since carla says ever since you two started and then she's like is rolling her eyes and making a disgusted face he's like you know she gets away with things the rest of us wouldn't yeah so there's a back and forth what did you think of this whole thing because it's really a back and forth of sam you know decided thinking he's being too easy on diane and then diane gets upset and pouts carla gets angry you know he's kind of
1: stuck in the middle yeah definitely he really is i mean it and it, In a way, I mean, you know, obviously, of course, they would do an episode like this. They're flirting with each other left and right at the bar and openly showing, you know, affection. And that's going to irritate probably anyone, but especially Carla. (laughs) You know, she is and she's just like she's really on something here. I mean, in a way, though, she's kind of right. I mean, I I think based on what we've seen to this point, just in how they Mm -hmm. interact with each other, it's understandable that, you know, she would be getting um, Carla would be getting the short end of the stick And she just stands mm-hmm. up for it And it's hard putting Sam kind of in the middle With that I love the outbursts that he has um, uh, Right in the middle It's like a game of uh, t- tug of war You know and he's like does anyone want to buy a bar <laughs> Right right. <laughs> you know because and, and then you know Diane Finally does kind of realize that it's Unfair to put them in, in Him in the middle of, of it like that
0: Yeah I think it's it, Sam does a good job, or Ted Danson, I guess, as Sam does a good job with like the back and forth and just that building, you know, comical confusion going back and forth between them before he's just like, oh, I can't deal with this. Right. Does anyone want to buy a bar? You know. Yeah, and then Diane says she's come to a very important decision, but we have to wait a few minutes for that because at that point we get Norm coming in. I believe he asked to see something in a size fifty-four Sudsy. Was <laughs> <with> his expression? <laughs> He says life's not treating him too well. What's happened is that Norm and Vera have split up. And he's kind of, there's a little comedy around that. It's, but it's, I mean, it's kind of a sad situation for him, you know, but they're introducing it in this funny way because he says that Vera says they no longer communicate and he no longer listens to her. And then he says like the yak, yak, yeah, yak. Blah, blah, yeah. <laughs> right. They're trying to make Norm look on the brighter side and talking about how he can be a carefree, carefree bachelor I think we know by this point that's not really who Norm is, but he's trying to go along with it a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I liked the d- description of his new pad when he's talking about he has a new bachelor pad, and they're you know excited for him. And he says that it's like, you know that big, beautiful building down on the waterfront? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Take yeah. a left, you drive for <laughs> half an hour, <laughs> don't come at night.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was so. funny.
0: <laughs> and then you know he kind of goes and plays the bar, swaggers around the bar one time and comes back to his stool. So it's just... I don't know. I thought it was like a brief little thing but it introduced this new complication in in Norm's life, you know, Mm -hmm. as a side story.
1: I I like what they do, too, with the kind of with the subplot here. It's not dominating. Mm -hmm. In fact, Mm -hmm. when I first looked at this, I thought, well, there really is no subplot. And in a way, I mean, I don't know if it is considered a subplot or not, but I like how they do treat it throughout the episode. And I like that it's not really resolved by the end of the episode either. You know, it's going to kind of serialize this storyline so that he is gonna be a bachelor for a while and we'll see where that goes mm-hmm.
0: it's kind of like just a part of life it's not even a story with a beginning middle and end. it's kind of like we come in yeah. you know in the middle of it mm-hmm. and then like you said it doesn't really resolve by the end they just kind of have little bits about it right and then so Diane submits her resignation which is partially in English and then partially in French <laughs>
1: Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> I find I, I find that we you know we're saying that phrase about her more and more. Of course, you know, for over the topness.
0: Yes. <laughs> and then we have Cliff pontificating on the translations from French to English, what that means, and how it can't be directly translated, and, <laughs> and all of that. Which you know she then tells him that it that means like one must cultivate one's own garden and I think he said like you're taking liberties with a derogatory sense or something like that I mean, <laughs> yeah just basically making up words at that point right you know?
1: I liked this so. interaction between them she, he's kind of calling her out on stuff and I liked it mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah I thought that was that was fun and then like I would say like that's so Cliff just like the way we say with Diane like of course it is of course she did it's like that's so Cliff. Mm-hmm. To, have this like very wordy explanation. Part of it might be accurate, and then a lot of it's really not, you know? Right. So coach is, you know, saying Diane can't leave like this and they have to have a party. And he's describing this party that they should have and Norm is reminding him that like, it's like a lot like this. And I think coach says something like, like well, I guess that's it, Diane. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, I thought it was an interesting little bit of Cliff responding to Carla crying you know, she's over standing by the bar kind of crying and he's asking her what's wrong and seems pretty sympathetic. What did you think of that part?
1: I liked that. I I thought, I Mm -hmm. mean, again, she's just, like I said earlier, she's really just, this is her time to shine. She calls, calls her out on it. And then lo and behold, here she is talking about she's going to leave and she's probably just on cloud nine, right? (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. So I I liked how she kind of, you know, but it gets, it's serious because you, you kind of, at first wonder where she's going with all this you know she talks about how Mm -hmm. her old man hit her and she hasn't had a very easy life and it gets kind of there and then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. she's she's just doing it for effect you know she's just doing it to get a laugh and stir up the situation as she does (laughs)
0: right (laughs) the diane leaving makes up for all of that like all these traumas she's described hardships And it's rather—it's great dark humor, you know. And you don't know if all of it's true or not. And it might be, but that's just kind of how Carla deals with things. I think. Yeah. The, Sam thinks Diane shouldn't leave. Carla is still kind of on this high. She's like, she'll be fine. She has Moxie, you know. She's <laughs> telling her like, you'll be great out there, kid. And then Diane has this little speech about how she doesn't need a rarefied environment. Basically, she's what does she say? Something about like not being a hothouse orchid and she can survive. And there's weed in her and yes. all of this, you know. Oh my
1: gosh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She gets a job, and then she says she's a proofreader for a small publishing house, which really does seem like something at which she would excel.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's her background, right? She was a mm-hmm. lit major, English major, whatever. She This seems like the job that would be the go-to thing for her.
0: Thing for her that she would enjoy. Carla has her little another little scene where she says it won't, it won't kill her to congratulate her, and then she feigns death and <laughs> falls over on the floor. So Carla's getting a lot of mileage out of the situation. Which hopefully will make up for some of her frustration at the beginning. And then we have the scene when Diane talks about not having the job yet. She needs a reference. He indicates that he'll give her a great reference and say that she's the best cocktail waitress he's ever seen. And then he'll tell the, you know, the employer that he'd like to sell him some land in Florida that he owns. So, you know, he's... <laughs> clearly can't legitimately say that Diane is a great cocktail waitress. Right. So we've already sort of set up this idea that she's not there because she's great at the job. And then, you know, we switch back over to the Norm plot, wondering what she's doing. And then there's this whole exchange of coach asking how Norm and Vera met. Did you have any of those lines? Because there's one that I would think that you would particularly like at the very beginning.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The the thing I remember that stands out is how she was the... um the uh, hickey queen of the oh, yeah. midwest or, <laughs> yeah. or whatever region they were in and, and that it got weird pretty quick but no i i didn't i think i missed the first very part of that
0: when he when coach asked how norman Vera met and norm says didn't i tell you this coach we were in high school together and coach says we were He's oh yeah yeah that's right yeah thread <laughs> of conversation that he initiated
1: no. yeah exactly yeah. well that's just him right yeah
0: <laughs> And then, yeah, the conversation about her giving hickeys does get a little awkward. It, like Norm said something about the one that she gave him. Was it like the night of senior prom that lasted until Christmas a year uh-huh. ago, which yeah. it's a bit much, but you know, <laughs> I think it just shows they've been together for a very long time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So Norm's going to call her and coach tells Norm to save a dime and use the bar phone, which I think that's, it's interesting just from a standpoint of looking back to when phone calls costed, when there were phones and when they cost a dime mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. to use. So then Vera has a date and then Norm says that he has a date. So we have Carla pretending to be the date, you know, over the phone with Vera. I think this part, I thought it was hilarious just because of that voice that Carla does.
1: It really was. I mean, she plays that breathy kind of... I don't know uh, what, I don't know what you picture with it. I picture someone just kind of this, I guess what you would call a sex pot, you know, right? Like this blonde yeah. bombshell kind of girl. And um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the scene not just for the the voice, but the lines, what she came up with, how convincing mm-hmm. she just throws herself into it. This was a really good part.
0: Well, she was relishing it. Oh, and she she kind of like tapped Norm on the shoulder to say that she wanted to do this, I yeah. think, you know, and then just the expressions on her face. And like you said, the line... Everything is so over the top, mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> That was hilarious. And then Norm is kind of impressed. He asks Carla if she wants to go out for coffee, which is a bit ridiculous because they're, you know, just bar pals. But it was sort of, I guess, a reflection of her performance. And she tells him to get real. So then Diane's potential employer calls the bar to get this reference, I guess, from Sam. And Coach, unfortunately, answers the phone. And this whole part, when he is... Thinking that the man on the phone is this character he knew named Ducky Hedges was, it was a little out of left field, I thought. What did you think?
1: Yeah, it did kind of seem to come out of nowhere. I liked how they played it off, though, because you see him, you see him get so riled up, Mm -hmm. Coach, you know, and he (laughs) just, he just, he just goes crazy. He's hollering and everything. And I I like seeing him in that part. But yeah, I do agree. It kind of seemed to come out of nowhere.
0: So he's carrying on about this $50 that this person that's not the person on the phone owes him. He's just convinced himself, I guess, of this whole story. And Sam finally comes against to, to the phone, gives Diane this glowing recommendation, and then wants to ask something, Sam something man-to-man. And, of course, Diane is insisting that Sam answer this question. And he's already, he keeps saying, no, I don't think I want to answer that. So he's behaving appropriately. Mm-hmm. But then when she keeps insisting... He <laughs> said so it's like, yeah, I've seen her naked. And of course Diane is mortified, but I noticed that, like Norman Cliff are sort of slightly surprised in the background and like trying to kind of like cover their faces too, right. you know. <laughs> and then so, you know, Diane grabs the phone and she's almost swayed by the salary and benefits, even though she's telling this man how disgusting he is. That was interesting. I did feel a little bit bad for Diane at that point. This job that we think would be perfect for her mm-hmm. is just, you know, this Sort of lecherous person.
1: You kind of feel like too that that it would be, and I I guess maybe the context of the time. This is what nineteen eighty three. So I don't quite I don't quite know what the economy was like in that time. But you know she she has not been at the bar all that long, really. From you know mm-hmm. in terms of the storyline of the show, and she you know she she was a, a TA, and she. She has that experience. It seems like she shouldn't have that hard of a time finding a job as a proofreader. You know what I mean? That's what I would think. you know, hey.
0: Well, there's that whole bit of discussion about when she first comes in, saying that she has a new job with, I guess it's Cliff that's asking or telling Norm, like, she just found a job. Like, how long have you been looking for a job? You know? And he makes the comment about if he were a woman, he'd be, like, he would never be out of work or something like that. I, I agree with you. I think that given her background, that that would be a fairly... Obvious job or a job that she could get pretty easily. Right. She seems to think that all of these jobs have some sort of she says sexual strings attached to them. And you know Sam, he he says he's angry. He doesn't seem all that angry, but I you know he's trying to kind of comfort her, I guess. And he's upset that they're treating he says treating my squeeze like a sex object, <laughs> and wants her to come back to the bar. And then, you know, she grieves for a moment, and we have Carla banging her head on the bar. All the hard work she's done to get Diane out the door is all for naught. At this point, Diane's kind of rethinking the situation, which, of course, it's another one of those, of course she is. Right, you of know? course she is. She's decided to stay. She's happy. Sam wants to go back to his place to celebrate. And so she's, of course, thinking that the job she has at Cheers is really just because Sam is attracted to her. Or it's also just like... A sexual situation and she says it's no different than mr hedges i don't know like that whole part of her argument i, I could see diane thinking that because she's going to think of it in these sort of abstract terms Right. but it doesn't seem at all the same to me
1: i don't not me neither i mean and, and she says something like you know he asks her why um she even started working at the at the bar she sees this her role I mean as somewhat beneath her I mean she's formed relationships with people obviously Sam at this point but you know if you go back she you know the pilot she did not get this job. I mean, she got this job because she had no job. That's why it was like a desperate Mm -hmm. move. And then, yeah, she, so in this episode, she says how she wanted to study, you know, she makes it academic. She wanted to study um, this facet of American culture or whatever. Well, she did say that, but that was not her motivation for, for doing it, you know, for taking the job in the very first place. It kind of developed from there. So it kind of seems like, well, you know, get off your high horse a little bit, you know, know?
0: And I mean, yeah, She took the job because she needed a job and she and Sam may have been attracted to each other, but I don't think that's the reason that he hired her per se. I think that he hired her because he needed a waitress. Really because he needed a waitress and she needed a job. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And
0: it's not like he hired her and then immediately they started sleeping together or built a relationship or whatever. Right. You know, I mean, it took a little time. And I mean, she,
1: which to me is she, I'm sorry. She, she should know. She knows she's not. A great waitress, you know that's the running right. gag. Everyone, even Sam, nobody really thinks that she's not there because she brings the skill level that he couldn't find in anyone else. She's there because she's <laughs> right. become part of that family, and you know, resultant from that, they do have a relationship. So yeah, there's going mm-hmm. to be a little bit of that. I don't know if that would be considered. I guess it's nepotism, you know, in play there. So she's right on that count, but mm-hmm. she, I don't. Why she's so offended by it when. It's been that way all along. That's what I I don't really get with why it's just now coming up,
0: right? When he's going to rehire her. That's what I thought as well. That's what I thought. Like that's why I thought she was looking at it from this like sort of kind of like this high and mighty at least theoretical perspective. Yeah, because it does. Like I said, it does seem like very different to me. Because it is. It's a relationship. It's not like she's just like being hired because somebody saw her naked or whatever. <laughs> you know, like Sam didn't ask that question when he hired her. So we follow this with Sam saying that kind of gets in the way that women will talk about sex on the job and he goes into this routine like this what about me routine and he says that he kind of calls diane on her highfalutin reason for taking the job and says that she took the job because she had a burning desire to explore mount sammy <laughs> <as he called. laughs> you know
1: I can, which... it, kind of, it kind of just devolves from here you know like yeah. i mean oh yeah he, he's making a point but i think they both know that he doesn't have much of a leg to stand on there and she's just so amused by all of it you know and mm-hmm. so it just becomes which i i like that it kind of gets into that territory i like that it was lighthearted it wasn't really them fighting or her saying that he's being ridiculous in a negative
0: right. way like she's clearly i think he's trying to amuse her and she's definitely letting herself fall for that and i like that cuz i don't think there're that many moments between them where they have that sort of like levity and like fun back and forth i mean some of the back and forth is it's fun for us to see, but they don't always seem like they're having fun. But in this one, they really seem to be enjoying each other. And I like right. that a lot.
1: Yeah, me too. Because
0: yeah. she's smirking. He's talking about his dignity as a man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it gets progressively more and more whatever. And, and yeah, she mm-hmm. really is just kind of enjoying how far he's going to take this.
0: Yes. Yes. And he says something about she has no regard for the job. And you continually he says, you continually tell me I have the brain of a cucumber. <laughs> And I think that's the part where he's over by the, like, the little, like, the coat rack or whatever it is in his office. And he has his, you know, head on his elbow and so forth. Mm -hmm. And she's pretty much laughing at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or he says, like, she wants her physical lust satisfied, you know. (laughs) I like that playfulness. I thought that was very fun. It was. Yeah. And then they have the whole, the routine of how long they should just be strictly business. Like, maybe they should just go back to having a business relationship and not a personal relationship in order to regain their self-respect I really like that like Sam like it's, it's almost formal and he's like he's saying like I think my self-respect bounces back just a little quicker than you expect <laughs> so he wants to reduce the time and then negotiate their way down to 15 minutes you know from one month what did you think of that conversation?
1: Well, when she first proposed the whole month thing, I immediately thought there's no way that's going to happen. And then sure mm-hmm. enough, they start negotiating downward and downward. And it was, you know, it was funny enough. So yeah. I, I mean, I like I said, I think it started out from a completely unrealistic premise, seeing how talking about it just gets Sam going, obviously. So, you know, obviously <laughs> a month is like a, a eternity for these people. So I knew that that was not going to stick around. But yeah, it was it was funny to see it kind of go down to. Let's run out the it's, door right now. Right, right. It's not that 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 situation to me is not hilarious, but I did
0: think that it's like the writing is really well constructed and the way they played it was really good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that, yeah, that's pretty much where we end. It's kind mm-hmm. of a, it's almost like an old fashioned, you know, comedy romance sort of ending, I thought.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it does have that kind of traditional formulaic feel, not necessarily mm-hmm. in a bad way. It's. It's like comfort food, right? It's like, yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Here's how it ends. It's kind of expected, but it's a happy note. Everyone's fine, you know, except for Norm. Except for Norm, you know, Norm. Poor Norm, whose story will be ongoing. Ongoing saga. I wonder. Mm -hmm. I wonder how we how we do that. You know, I still wonder. Like I said, I obviously have not seen anything beyond this point. You know, the new the new viewer here. So I I'm just I really want to. I don't know. I really want to see this Vera, and I have a feeling we probably won't, but that's okay. But I like how they portray her this way. You know, I've seen some of um, the spin off Frasier, obviously. I okay. you know, know a little bit more about that. I haven't seen much of it, but I, I get kind of what they did with certain characters there, where they're always talked about. They're always <laughs> this, this never seen kind of person, you know, that mm-hmm. there's a total personality by virtue of the fact that you never see or hear this person. So I'm interested to yeah. see if we continue it this way or if we actually ever get to meet her. But either way, I mean, wondering if they're going to get back together. I just have so many questions. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I want to know everything, you know.
0: Oh, I know. I know. I don't like it for Norm, but I do like that it's it, it introduced, you know, a story for him that we're going to mm-hmm. have to wait, you know, to see how it how it works out and what he does and so forth. Right, right. So... And I also I think it's interesting within the episode that we have Norm's kind of beginning of his side story when he's when he and his wife have split up. And then we have Diane, you know, trying to leave Cheers to preserve the personal relationship you know, and mm-hmm. then deciding not to or to have a month off, you know, which doesn't, of course, work out. But to preserve the business relationship. So there's all of this whole thing about, I guess, like finding your way through relationships and those negotiations and so forth too. So I thought it was interesting that the stories in that small way were kind of thematically similar.
1: Hence the title, Personal Mm -hmm. Business. I see what they did there.
0: What they did with it.
1: Smart writing.
0: (laughs) It is. It is. But yeah, I like it when they have side stories that don't necessarily have to go into the main plot but there's some, you know, like a little similarity between them. Right. So that was well done. Yeah. Cool. Well, did you have any other thoughts on it? No, I thought it was a.
1: A good episode, uh, you know, kind of mm-hmm. by the numbers, but I don't mean that in a bad right. way. You know, you kind of right. you kind of see what happens. I think from the beginning, you can kind of tell that, OK, Diane's probably not going to find a job or at least one that's going to work out. And then it's going to devolve into them having their little back and forth in the office. Like I said, it, it, you, you expect it from the beginning, kind of where it's going to go, I think. But right. that's not a criticism of it. It's it's, you know, it's what we've come to, c- to expect from the show and it delivers pretty consistently. So it's a good thing. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, I would say so. I think it's kind of a good, sort of standard, like you said, but like a good execution of that Mm -hmm. type of plot.
1: That will do it for us today. You can find us on Facebook, Norm, a Cheers podcast, and on Twitter at Cheers underscore Norm. You can listen to or download old and new episodes at the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and Spotify. Leave us a like and comment and join in on our community there. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome to Norm, a
0: Cheers podcast. We are co-hosting a weekly discussion of the television show Cheers, which aired on NBC from 1982 to 1993. We are your hosts, Marlene Stimmy and Andy Blaker. How's it going, Andy?
1: Hey, it's going well. How about you?
0: I'm doing well, too. I'm excited about this episode in particular. It's episode four of season two, Homicidal Ham, and I, I think it's a standout. We'll kind of get into the discussion and see what you think of it as well. This one was written by David Lloyd and directed by James Burroughs, and it aired for the first time on October 27th, 1983. So, I guess in a way, I mean, this is the episode they had on before Halloween. It's not necessarily like a Halloween episode, but it has some themes in there that you might consider a little bit on the like, you know spook spookier or darker than some of the other episodes. So, right, you
1: got you yeah, got some betrayal, you got some murder, you got. Mm-hmm. some... <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You got some right,
0: names. some costumes. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. The general summary is that Andy Schroeder, the ex-convict that Sam set up on a date with Diane in season one, comes back to rob the bar. Now Diane is convinced that Andy is essentially a victim of the system, and that what he really needs is to find his true calling and be happy in the outside world outside of prison. But when she arranges to perform a death scene for Othello with him because he wants to be an actor things start to go awry. Okay, so we start with a teaser. Carla looks like she's pregnant again. Now, we know that two episodes ago, she had her baby. There's a whole episode about that where her sister, also played by Rhea Perlman, filled in for her at the bar. So Carla is decidedly not pregnant, but she looks like more pregnant than she ever was before. And so Sam asks her about it. She talks about having gotten better tips when she was pregnant. So she's basically like stuffed her stomach to make it look like she's still pregnant mm-hmm. so there's a whole there's a bit about that and then coach says to sam that's absolutely dishonest i mean you should tell her to get rid of it <laughs> follow-up line to this i can't do that coach and he says she's catholic kind of says it quietly she's mm-hmm. like oh yeah now the teaser goes on from that part had they ended it there i think it would have been perfect mm-hmm. <laughs> but it goes on a customer kind of like bumps into carla she says something about being in a family way, and you know she's having to rearrange the stuffing <laughs> as she goes over to the next table, so everything is like out of whack. Mm-hmm. And she tells a customer the kid's gonna be a swimmer, you know. So it's like a kind of funny ending, but I think that joke about her having to get rid of it, and I can't tell her to do that. She's Catholic. Mm-hmm i thought that was hilarious
1: yeah i I see what you're saying i hadn't thought of it that way but i think if they had just ended it with you know she's catholic coach like oh yeah okay that would yeah it would shorter and more perfect you know it would have just it 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 summed it up you got the laugh you did the job the teasers to do go on with this the theme song and so i agree with that i agree with that I, I, I Maybe, thought it was kind of funny that it, it's like this obviously misshapen pillow. Like, you have to kind yeah, of double true. check to see anything. And it kind of, when she bumps mm-hmm. into the guest, it kind of shifts up toward her left under her arm. Like, <laughs> it's really uh-huh. obvious. <laughs> so I kind of, again, goofy. I kind of like that part. But I, I agree. Yeah, I that's think true. It went on a little longer than it needed to.
0: And it's a gentler way to guess to end the teaser. But I like the surprise of, I mean, they basically made an abortion joke. You know, -hmm. it's not extremely like in your face, obvious, but I thought, I mean, regardless of the era, I think it's probably even funnier than it was in 1983, Mm -hmm. but I still think it's just really funny and very surprising that they just popped that bit of dark humor right in there.
1: Right. And it works on two levels. You've got the, it as just... the abortion joke and then you've also got no uh, i'm sorry you've got coach being his confused self you know it's not what he meant and sam knows that's not what he meant so it kind of plays on a few different levels there (laughs) right
0: right Right. sam knows that that's not what he's talking about at all but it was a a good and you know kind of dark comeback from Mm -hmm. sam and then coach just like oh yeah of course you can't get you know (laughs) still doesn't know what's going on right we start the episode and don't we start basically with Sam noticing that someone's initials are carved into the bar mm-hmm. yep he's talking about that and he's you know upset legitimately so because somebody has um, defaced his bar you know Diane is saying that it's like you know someone's boyfriend her name and a boyfriend or whatever and it's SM so Sam Malone plus Diane Chambers and they don't directly say that she carved that but that's and like no one else would that's the implication
1: mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it doesn't seem like a Diane thing to do though
1: i agree that does it kind of seemed like that would be beneath her you know what i mean (laughs) of all the things that would be beneath her that would be one of them so yeah it does seem like kind of a out of character thing to have happen
0: yeah but i guess i mean i guess the idea is that she's so smitten that she's carved initials in the bar but Mm -hmm. yeah i still think it's a bit much at this point we have um andy schroeder who they call andy andy Come into the bar and says boo to Diane. So that's a little Halloweenish too. You know, I mean, he's kind of frightening, I guess, mm-hmm. as he is. He surprises her. And, you know, Sam is sort of nonchalant about it. Diane is like pretty upset that he's come back and he's a murderer and so forth. And, you know, Sam's trying to tell her that he's a customer just like anyone else. And then we have the whole scene with Andy pulling a gun on Sam and demanding what's in the register. So what was your take on all of that?
1: I liked, well, I really liked when, you know, he's kind of got the gun. And, and mm-hmm. we have, um, let me think here, we've got Diane, Carla, Norman, Cliff on the other end of the bar. And they're all just frozen and they're talking out like the sides of their mouths, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, talking about they're going to jump. I, I liked that gag. I thought I liked the back and forth between the four of them. At the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the other end of the bar. That I like that part. Yeah.
0: I like the part too when at the beginning when Andy tells Sam to let the other guy get the money and Coach introduces himself. It's <laughs> yeah. so like let the other guy get it. he's like, You're already a Pantuso. call me Coach. Call me Coach.
1: You know? Yeah. That was that was in good. the middle of a robbery.
0: <laughs> but yeah, the whole thing with Norman Cliff, I mean this is sort of like when you know, when they have their own little side show going on, that's what mm-hmm. this reminded me of. Kind yeah. of discussing how to help Sam and where they should jump in and so forth. And then Cliff had his statistics about 33% of the time. I think it is someone carrying a gun won't use it if the gun if the gunman is challenged. And you know, Norm like wonders why that's significant. And Cliff was like, so if he's already shot two people today, you're in luck. We're in <laughs> luck, yeah. So yeah, I really thought that was funny. It was. And then Carla's suggestion that Diane could run around in circles flapping her arms and draw the fire (laughs) was pretty funny, too. So everybody, I I like that. I like the kind of like the peanut gallery Mm -hmm. over there while the bar's being robbed trying to come up with a solution. (laughs) And then, of course, Carla is the only one that does anything. It seems like Sam kind of conveyed that he needed some help, and so she ducks out of sight.
1: Well, And by that, yeah, exactly. And then by the time she actually is able to kind of I don't know, I guess ta- he does not exactly tackle him. She kind of jumps around his neck and pins his arms back and behind so his strength. behind yeah. his back. But by that point, Andy's kind of surrendered the gun. And, you know, basically, I mean, he willingly did it. You know, he looked away. He put the gun on the bar and Sam grabbed it right. and Carla tackled him. And it becomes mm-hmm. clear this is some sort of cry for attention that he's doing. And then Norman
0: Cliff rush around after everything is settled. Mm-hmm. They like, OK, now and run around. Yes. To- yeah. <laughs> And
1: they get up, and they're like, what can we do?
0: (laughs) How can we help? It's all settled. It's all done. So, you know, Andy's saying he wants to go back to prison, and he can't make it on the outside, and so forth, and, you know, Diane's asking him what he wants to do, and I think she, at this point, is, I I think the whole time, she's genuinely interested in what he wants to do, but I just thought at this moment, she's not making, like, an issue or, you know, cause out of him. She's just really addressing him as a person. Mm Mm-hmm. 'Cause I mean later on I think she still she still obviously treats him well, but she goes on about like the you know, our penal system and how this has failed him and so forth. So it's almost like she's making him into like a political cause or just something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think this beginning part when she's like, Well, what do you really want to do was just her as a person talking to him. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah, I think so.
0: And then of course it kind of for her it has to become a bigger thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sam's called the cops and Diane's telling him to call back, tell him not to come, and, you know, again, like saying, like you said, it's a cry for attention, it's a cry for help, and he's an embodiment of the failure of our penal system. (laughs) So this is when I think that she's sort of taking it from, like, concern for him to making him her project, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. She's saying, like, that she can save his life and all of these things. And then she asks Sam to call off le gendarme, (laughs) which... Like, so this is the second episode in which Diane has spoken to Sam in French. Of course she <laughs> <No>. did. <laughs> right? no, of course she did. So it was her resignation last week and now it's telling him to call off the cops mm-hmm. in French. Which he does, even though he's you know, he, he's more reasonable, I would say, or like based in reality about the situation at this point, but doesn't necessarily agree with her. But he goes ahead, kind of trusts her, calls off the cops. And Diane is talking about how she knows one of America's foremost drama coaches, Sebastian DeWitt. And then there's a little exchange with Coach on this. I don't know if you had, if you noticed that, about how he can spot an actor a mile away.
1: Yes. yeah. <laughs> was this after um, Sam uses the phrase, uh, use a gun, go to Cape Cod? Was this after that? Yes. Okay, I wrote that well, line so What Was it?
0: Hmm? It's, it's right before that. Oh, she's ta- is. They're at the okay. table and she's talking, yes, she's talking about the professor and says he can spot an actor a mile away. And then coach says, boy, that would come in handy in a drive-in, which is, oh, yes. it's, <laughs> it's interesting because I don't, as a line, it's not that funny. But if you imagine coach just like in his own world thinking about what that would mean, I think that's mm-hmm. what makes it really funny. Right. And another little detail in this that I noticed is like Norman Cliff have still been standing there, kind of like guarding Andy. I mean, they're just standing there doing nothing, but they just kind of mosey off <laughs> when Sam comes back out. <laughs> like all their work for the day is done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is I, so. I think this next part is what you're talking about. That what was it? Use a gun. Go to Cape Cod because Diane is telling Andy that if she thinks he's good enough, then she'll arrange to have Professor Dewitt see him perform. Mm-hmm. And then Andy says he wasn't expecting anything like this when he came in to stick up Sam's bar. And then Sam says that. What was it? Use a gun, go to Cape Cod? Yeah. Because, oh, it was, yeah, because I guess the professor, Diane says that the pref- professor had contacts at theaters
1: along the coast or all along up to Cape Cod or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. New England yeah. area, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what's funny? I, I The whole time I'm thinking this as, like you said, she kind of makes him her project. And we've seen this before with her. I mean, I can mm-hmm. think, um, I, I thought of two two instances in season one. Um, Coach's daughter, which was one of the earlier episodes, one of the, I think in the first 10, and um, she kind of sticks up for Coach's uh, daughter's fiance, who's kind of just a real, you know, real character. And before Mm -hmm. she really sees the depths of of him you know she's sticking up for him saying about you know how you can see the good in anybody and all that she kind of goes on and on and and then in the um later in the season there's um the spy who came in for a cold one and Uh same kind of thing there where you know we have this guy who's kind of this chameleon character you know telling different stories throughout his time there and the he says he's a poet and of course that's right onto her her interest and she just falls Mm -hmm. for the whole story and is willing to you know call up her editor or someone she knows to get him a, a contract, presumably. She just, like, sticks herself out way out on the line for, for these people, which is not a bad trait, but it highlights her naivete, you know, with with mm-hmm. people and, and the true intent and their true character. So I kind of, was as I was watching this, I kind of felt like, okay, we've seen this a few different times before and, and maybe other times that I can't think of. So, again, it, this is a character by this point. We know this is just what she does when she wants to help somebody she kind of you know there's there's a the line between helping and making a suggestion and taking someone on and getting so involved with this person which as we see in this episode <laughs> almost right. sends her you know? yeah. <laughs> so it it really it's it's a heightened example of that but we've seen that tendency before
0: and really quickly too without a lot of you know evidence that that's going to be the best course faction right she's just kind of her enthusiasm Gets the best of her,
1: right?
0: I think this is in the next thing when she's talking about how she. would No, no, no. So she's talking about she would acted in college. That's what it is. So they just had this one conversation. I think, I because it's like it's not like he's left the bar. I think it's the same visit when he had pulled the gun, mm-hmm. but now she's talking to the table, and then she's talking about how she knew of this bookstore that had plays, you know. And so they're gonna go to the bookstore to to like pick up some plays so they can work to rehearse mm-hmm. so that you know Andy if she thinks he's good enough can meet with this acting professor right acting coach or whatever you know and then Sam at this point again Sam based in reality is concerned about Diane leaving with Andy and this is what I was getting at is like she says that she knows him now <laughs> you
1: know mm-hmm. right and
0: she's had well like two conversations with him you know she was not a few minutes before was it that she was Alarmed that he was even in the bar. Mm-hmm. And that's before he held up the bar. Yeah. And now she's assured that, as she says, anyone that loves the theater loves mankind.
1: And she has <laughs> like, a really ridiculous line, too, which she, she catches herself, kind of. But she says something about how, you know, Sam says, well, you know, he's a murderer. And she, what right. did she say? Something like, oh, gosh. Like, well, he's not, you know, she basically, do you have that line? I I'm going to butcher it.
0: She Well, she had said something about, because I think she's still you know, talking about the system and so forth. And she's like, he made one small mistake. And Sam's mm-hmm. like, it wasn't a small mistake. He killed somebody. Right, <laughs> you know? right. And, or he murdered someone. And she's like, well, one murder doesn't a murderer make. Yes, that's it, I that's it. I think yeah. the, yeah. <laughs> and then she does kind of get a look on her face. It's like, well, actually, that's the definition. of mm-hmm. Actually, that doesn't work.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Right, but he loves the theater, so she's pretty confident that he's an okay guy. Right. And I really don't know, you know, I know can go so many places with how problematic that is <laughs> i think we i think we know that it's mm-hmm. not really correct thinking i noticed that she calls him andrew you know she's like come along andrew or something like that uh-huh, she, like she calls norm norman uh-huh. she calls andy andrew which also to me and maybe i'm reading too much into that but it, it is i feel like it's her seeing him as a project it's her calling him andrew like she's going to call him by his Given name,
1: but they've attained this heightened level of familiarity that you like, know she can right. call him whatever she wants to. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: Andy or Andrew, whichever you prefer, is aware that Sam is concerned about Diane going off with him to the bookstore. He's talking about he's much better. He doesn't hear voices anymore, and all of this. And he said the voices sounded like his mommy, which I thought I thought there was like a hint of Psycho in that. And I guess that's you know mm-hmm. like Norman Bates and his mother. And I guess that's a trope, you know, I mean, it's kind of a fun trope that a lot of movies and TV shows used after that, but that's what that reminded me of.
1: You're right. It. I mean, every, yeah, it, it. And when they kind of brought that up, I'm like, well, of course, you know, because it is a trope mm-hmm. and it's kind of an overused one, in my opinion. But it's also, you know, very indicative of that whole Freudian kind of thing, you know, that a lot of people, particularly at this time, he was more popular then. And so that was kind of mm-hmm. the go-to. It's, oh, well, you can blame pretty much anything That's on the, the mother when <laughs> the psychosexual right. development and all that crap. And so it, you really... I, it feels like it, it ties into that, but on the other hand, it's also like, okay, well, that's easy enough. You know, it's the go-to trope. It is the go-to trope. I do think it's a signifier, though, and I kind of think that it's
0: it builds, a, you know, another profile of Andy that kind of carries through this Othello scene that we're about to see, too. A lot of that's a bit on the Freudian side, I think, mm-hmm. too, or could be. So, right, Yeah. right. Anyway, so at that point, Diane calls, come along, Andrew, and then, you know, Andy thinks he's hearing the voices again. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. So we get back. Different scene in the bar. They're watching a boxing match. I like this little interlude. I mean, I don't think that there was a big purpose to it, but I thought it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Sam has the beers lined up on the bar and he's kind of pushing him down the line. And then we see Norm, you know, <laughs> circling.
1: <laughs> he's he's, the, is, he's like the only person who, well, I mean, we don't know many of the other people, but he's just, you see him again and again. He keeps getting back into line and circling yeah. back. and <laughs> It was a funny bit. I liked it.
0: I thought so too. He was, yeah, he looked like he was the only repeat customer, but I, I enjoyed that. And so Diane comes out, she's dressed in her Shakespearean outfit, and she turns the TV off while the whole bar is watching boxing so that, you know, they can keep rehearsing in the back without interruption. And then Norm, I just thought that was so funny. Norm tells Sam, I hope she's showing you one hell of a good yeah,
1: time. Yeah, <laughs> I liked that like the, line. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was
0: good. So I believe it's at this point that the professor arrives. Diane's talking to Andy, kind of. You're complimenting him, building his confidence, and so forth. And Professor DeWitt comes in. Did you have any thoughts on this, like, a little exchange among them?
1: Not so much with, like, the professor. He's kind of in and out pretty quickly, um, it seems like. I didn't write anything specific down for that. I did for the whole, you know, interaction with her and Sam and Andy and everything. But Okay. Yeah. I
0: had a couple things on the professor, just because, like, well, one of them is, uh, he says, when the theater loses its power to surprise, it loses its vitality. Mm. Which is, I mean, that's such a, I think that that would be such an academic, you know. <laughs> right. An academic kind of theater sort of thing to say. But it's also very relevant to the scene that we're about to watch. Of course, he doesn't know that. but Right. going with some of the things he says later when we're watching the Othello scene, I thought that that was pretty in character for him. I'm talking about the power of surprise and the vitality. And mm-hmm. well, we'll get to that when we get to his comment while they're watching Othello. But that, that I was able, of course, to look forward and see like, oh, this professor is just... One of those, <laughs> one of those types, I guess. And what you said it um, kind
1: of foreshadows the scene that's going to become, mm-hmm. like because the element of surprise and everything.
0: When Andy says I'll be performing a scene from Othello, and he says like challenging, challenging. <laughs> There's just something about that that I just really I enjoy him. I really liked him as a bit part character. And then there's the bit with Diane saying that he's like, I've never seen you as a waitress. I would never seen you as a waitress. And she reminds him that she played a a waitress in his production of Bus Stop. So we know that Diane is not very talented, apparently, at performing as much as she's not talented at being a waitress. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, and then what were your thoughts on the next part? So Sam, this is com- where Sam comes back, where yeah. Andy tells Diane he loves her, and yeah, and then
1: yeah, well that bit we need to talk about that. I mean, the way he says it, you know, it's it, and then she she responds, what she says later like a friend. It's like, well, that's come on, you got have a little bit of wherewithal. That's not that's not how mm-hmm. he meant that. That's not something you normally even friends, uh, at least I don't know in my experience. I mean, you might say it, but. Yeah. There's a very different way how you would say that that. versus this. He's like looking into her eyes and, you know, he's very serious with it. And she doesn't like hesitate or anything when she says it back, but she says it much more casually than he does. And so Mm -hmm. that and so obviously that's how she thought in the moment she should respond. That's how she assumed that he meant it but i feel like anyone watching that would have thought differently on that but anyway so she he says yeah. that and you know he's going to go into the bathroom and get into costume and uh, sam comes back to her in the back room there says that hey he was wrong about about andy and and her working with him and all that so that's what i have in terms of the sam and diane interaction she says you know she'll is that enough you know she says we'll just write it down we'll be good you know (laughs) this this his his copying (laughs) to saying he was wrong about something and then yeah um, and i
0: like that he did that i sort of like that sam was able to it's not necessarily his interest in acting or something that he would have necessarily thought of before. But I Mm -hmm. like that he came back and said that to her. Yeah, it's true. For sure.
1: Yeah. So Andy comes out of the bathroom just as they are kissing and you can see the look on his face. You know, he's just like, it's like at first devastated and then shocked and then angry, you know, which again, I think what he told her was what he meant. He's like, he's really kind of fallen in love in that, unstable momentary kind of you know thing I think he really believes that so it's interesting how they how they play that off and you kind of obviously see that he's not going to get over this
0: (laughs) and I think she's genuine too in explaining to him that she loves him as a friend but you're right on the money about her not picking up on all of the very obvious cues that's not what he meant when he said he loved her initially Mm -hmm. I think even when he says that he'll take his emotion out on the performance, he's still, it's clear he's being very intense. He's not saying it in a, a casual way, like, well, you know what, I'm hurt, but I'm going to use this in the performance. It's like, <laughs> right. it came out in a threatening way, I thought. Yeah. And she's like, oh, good. She doesn't take it. that He's Mm-mm. becoming psychotic, basically. Right. And so then, you know, everybody's gathered in front of the bar. I like it when they get together for a viewing. We saw that with uh, two episodes ago, a little bit, not as many people, but with the, film that coach had made of uh-huh. his trip to the hospital to see Carla and the baby. You know. <laughs> so now we have a play and then Diane answered, I think she mentions talent night at cheers, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but they're <laughs> the only different. talent. Yeah. Is right, she going right, to give right. anyone like else a have. chance to get up and do anything? Probably not. <laughs> no,
0: no. This whole scene I think is perfect because it's, it's hilarious. Even the part when she's explaining the play at the beginning before she Really starts to clue in to the fact that Andy is unstable and like really, you know, getting a sense of what he meant and so forth. Even the explanation when she's still in a, like a good, you know, spirit about everything is funny mm-hmm. because she's like, "Of course, the professor understands this, but you all won't." And Norman Cliff oh. <laughs> making fun of Diane talking down to them is one of probably one of my favorite parts of the the whole thing.
1: Oh, it is. That's my favorite scene from I. I I didn't expect it actually. I'm not sure why I should have cuz you know she kind of sets herself up for it, but I loved their that bit there. And I, Cliff's face. <laughs> Cliff's face is the <laughs> best. So yeah, yeah, I that was that was definitely a laugh out loud moment. That was mm-hmm. for me that was great. Yeah, I was like what's she talking about? I Uh-oh. can't do the voice, but it you was. <laughs> it was, it was great. Gee, I wonder who she's talking about. <laughs> <Norm>? <laughs> and it was a way; it was funny, but it was kind of calling her out on her on her BS. You know, kind of like yes, you're you're being a snob. You know, shocker of shocks. But it just, uh-huh. I liked how. But they also mean it in a more playful way. They, they're they obviously not going to be super they're offended not, by it, but... Right,
0: they're not angry, but it's you know. still, like, it is calling her out, yeah. you know, and having some fun with it, too. Right. I think that Shelley Long does a great job going through this explanation of the play, like, when she realizes that the plot of the scene is mirroring her recent experience with Andy, mm-hmm. you know, and she's going through this description of what the play is about and mm-hmm. then what the scene is about, and then she she kind of, like... She's enthusiastic and explaining the arts to these people that she thinks are more on the, I guess, like the uneducated side <laughs> or whatever. Right. And then you can just kind of almost see a moment when it clicks in her mind what she's talking about. And she turns around and looks at Andy, <laughs> just the image of him standing there mm-hmm. looking menacing behind her because doesn't he he kind of has his arms folded and he's glaring at her from that point on you know she's kind of stalling she starts to give background on the 16th century and doesn't want to do the scene I thought that that was well done mm-hmm. that whole like you know like let me just show you this part let me tell you more about
1: this yeah I liked it. Yeah. it. It, Like you said, it's this gradual awareness. And he's just mm-hmm. glowering at her the whole time, you know, like, just, <laughs> right. you know, this intense homicidal stare. And um, I think that's it, it's it, the way she plays it. Yeah, it's very gradual. But it was, yeah, she did a great job with that. And
0: then Sam is, you know, kind of trying to, to calm her nerves, I think, and get things going. He's going to say, let me give you a little kiss. <laughs> she, she's like, don't touch me. I barely know you, you know. <laughs> So she's, like, pretty much clued into what all, I think, had happened right. with Andy. And there was a line in here. I'll just, I'll do this part. And then if you had a line you like, we can do that, too. Because really this whole scene is, I think, rich with great say- statements and sayings. Mm-hmm. But she says, she's describing Desdemona, the scene of Desdemona being in bed when she's like, comes in thinking, very mistakenly, I assure you, he's completely off base on this one. He'll be sick about it in the morning. <laughs> she just, like, <laughs> keeps going on and uh-huh. on. I <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then so she's getting in the bed and so forth. What, so that whole first part, did you mm. have anything on that? Like when she's like, the, I didn't want to, I just, I'm, I'm very enthusiastic about it, obviously. Yeah, so I didn't yeah. want to just talk through the whole thing.
1: No, no, you're fine. No, I, like I said, I, it was one of those where I, I just wanted to watch it without like bothering to write everything down because yeah. it was that enjoyable. No, you go for it. Like I, I okay. just thought it was the whole way they played it off was really good.
0: So she's in the middle of the scene. She looks visibly nervous. And then she jumps up after a few seconds of him reciting, I think. And she's like, there, you know, (laughs) that's enough. And then Sam says, I thought this was a great line too, in the context of what's going on. She's like, the sooner you start, the sooner you'll be finished. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so there are all of these just kind of, you know, ominous things that are being Mm -hmm. said
1: that I think are really funny. There was and, one line in here, if I can say real quick. I, I think it was yeah, before no, this. Um, <laughs> going back to, I, I liked how they kind of tied it in with Cliff and Norm, you know, kind of calling her out for saying, you know, they're not going to get the plot of Othello or they don't know what it is. And then there's a line right. where she delivers, she's talking to um, Andy in character and she says, will you come to bed? <laughs> and oh, Norm sorry. just kind of does must, this, Woo! <laughs> <laughs> It's again. It, he doesn't. You know. It's not bombastic or anything. It's just this line. And um, but again, it's very much that whole working man kind of clap burst outburst at the <laughs> wrong moment. But he's just. Right. You know. He's just enjoying it. He's just in the play. And the I really right. liked how they did that.
0: <laughs> it, it's almost like he's like, oh, I didn't know it was going to be this good. You yeah, know, exactly. like we're going to have this. I didn't know Shakespeare was like this. Exactly. That's hilarious. So there is a part. Not to take too much away from this, but there is a similar years later there's a similar plot to an episode when Frasier is trying to get the gang interested in charles dickens mm.
1: <laughs>
0: and it's it's interesting to look back and i hadn't thought about this before as a connection but just to see like how they really have not changed in their reactions cuz that's kind of how he pulls them into charles dickens as well as by describing the story or by like emphasizing those aspects of the story so right That's the, yeah, that's fun. But yeah, in this case, it was just them responding to Diane's (laughs) line. I had forgotten about that. That's great. We get to the part, she goes back in, Coach is concerned as Andy is strangling Diane or he thinks he's, well, she is, but you know, they Mm -hmm. all think that this is part of the scene. And Sam is like, no, she's just acting. Talks about how she would be really upset if he intruded on her scene, basically. Did you have any other things like around that part or any other quotes?
1: Mm, no, I didn't. Not really.
0: Okay. Because my favorite one, Diane is actively struggling and like trying to pry Andy's hand off of her throat. Mm-hmm. And this professor, Professor DeWitt, just cries out, I love it, a Desdemona that fights back. Yeah. So <laughs> he just thinks this is a new interpretation. I think mean, that's hysterical, but it goes back to that thing he said in the pool room about like, the theater losing its ability to surprise. It loses its vitality. Right. He's like, oh, a Desdemona that fights back. And I just could see him perhaps overseeing like many a performance in which someone is killed or something else happens Mm -hmm. and just thinks that this is like a, you know, a modern interpretation of (laughs) the text or something like that. Right. (laughs) He's just so enthusiastic. Desdemona that fights back. Like it's this big feminist production or something.
1: Mm -hmm. I don't know. Oh yeah. (laughs) He's really into it. He's really into it. (laughs)
0: Diane gets out, help. The psycho is trying to kill me. And then Coach is like, that's the only line of Shakespeare I ever understood. So they still are not figuring this out because I think they've just put so much trust in Diane knows what she's doing. That's what Mm -hmm. she had told them is that she knew what she was doing and so forth. And that's her world is the theater and they're just observers. So they're going to let her do her thing. Right. It's when Andy says, I saw you kissing Sam, that Sam is like, oh, this isn't good. And he intervenes. And then Norman Cliff sit on Andy. (laughs) So they've done something in the episode. Right. And it is still, it's kind of, it is, again, like their little show. I feel like the two of them throughout this entire episode have been sort of just these this little comic duo, you know. Mm-hmm. And then another one of my favorite lines, Carla comes up. And Diane is still trying to breathe. And so Carla comes up and asks, what time is the second show? And <laughs> <laughs> she's eating the sandwich. Uh, which I thought was great. And then, you know, Sam wants to know if Diane is going to be okay. And he means for tonight,
1: she shoves him over. So, you know, just kind of like a fun ending, but... It was, whole, I, it was kind of an abrupt mm. ending, actually. I was kind of surprised that there wasn't more to it. Like, we didn't, you know... I mean, it ended. She's safe, obviously. But I kind of thought, oh, right. there was going to be... I guess I've come to expect the Sam and Diane in the office kind of bit. But it, mm. it, So I felt okay. like it ended abruptly. But I enjoyed it when it... it 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 resolved itself.
0: Well, did you expect it to be a scene when they were talking about like the expectations of what was going to happen and then the back and forth of what Diana thought versus what happened or is that what you're kind of thinking? Uh, Like just a break. Something, I guess
1: there'd be something, Mm -hmm. like I said, that, I don't really know what I expected, but I guess I just thought it would be a little more drawn out. And I'm not complaining because I think it, you yeah, know, no, it's, it, it, it's it did perfectly fine for what it needed to do. Like I said, the way it ended, yeah, he's he kind of comes off as a little cold almost, you know, like, oh, I was making sure you'd be okay for tonight. <laughs> like it's all of a sudden about him again, you know, <laughs> Yeah, but it worked, yeah. it worked.
0: It does. And I mean, it's kind of, I guess he's, I assume he's thinking like, well, she's okay. Like, you know, she's, there's, and the harm is over. So he's going to think about himself again.
1: <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any other thoughts on the episode? I have a couple. I just really enjoyed it. I don't yeah. think I have anything that we haven't already addressed. It's just very enjoyable, this, this character, because mm-hmm. again, you, you know, it's not going to clearly end with him being redeemed, so to speak. But it was one where I also kind of wondered where it was going to go it wasn't as like I couldn't expect exactly what was going to happen so I enjoyed that but no I just I thought it was a very enjoyable episode I thought they had some really funny bits in it with Cliff and Norm obviously in their bit again that that does it for me that was just the best part of the episode hands down
0: I love that last scene the play scene I think it's really enjoyable I like that I like that you didn't like you said like you don't know exactly where it's going to go you know but it's just at the same time it's perfect it makes sense that this would all come out in this production right. of Othello, you know, and that that's something that Diane had set up, but, but it's, you know, it's like her, her best intentions. Like we're talking about the person she's trying to help, but it's also become a project. And so she's set all this up. This is going to be this great humanitarian thing that she's doing, but she's just set it up almost in a way that assures her own demise, right. almost, right. you know? Right,
1: exactly.
0: I thought that was great, but again, like not something you could see coming I liked, I just really love this professor, Sebastian DeWitt, because I think that he himself is funny. I mean, he's a fish out of the water sort of academic type. He doesn't seem like he's very aware of that. And he's just this, he's kind of a you know pleasant, enthusiastic character. Mm-hmm. Seems like somebody that would relish the theater, even if he doesn't quite see what's really going on. And then I like this it's like Diana's almost in between her life at Cheers and then this academic life with this person there because he really doesn't know that she's being strangled in the scene. Mm-hmm. And he's like a Desdemona that fights back, you know, <laughs> and you would think that that would be something that Diane, if she were an observer, would be very into and like in this you know very academic interpretation. But she's like, I'm being murdered here. Can someone yeah. do something? Right. <laughs> in a very down to earth way. I like that contrast between him and the people in the bar as well. But yeah. that was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it's a good episode. Um, I can see why this would be up there for you. I mean, it, I at this yeah. point, me too. I mean, really, it's it's a good mm-hmm. episode.
0: I thought it was a good use bringing Andy Andy back as well, cuz mm-hmm. I could see like if they brought back a character just to, you know, to bring back a character that it could go well or not so well, but I thought that he was even more enjoyable or at least the story was even more enjoyable in this than in the first episode. You know, it sort of built on that nicely. Mhm. Yeah. And I like it when, like if shows are going to reuse a guest character, I like when they do it really well. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, those are all my thoughts. Yeah. So, Good episode. a lot of fun. Enjoyed it. Made me laugh a lot. Yep. <laughs>
1: that will do it for us today. You can find us on Facebook, Norm, a Cheers podcast, and on Twitter at Cheers underscore Norm. You can listen to or download old and new episodes at the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and Spotify. Leave us a like and comment and join in on our community there. Thanks so much for listening.